Welcome to the podcast for hardworking healthcare marketers. You are in the right place. In this episode, we go under the hood of your website to talk SEO and website optimization, common website mistakes, Google Analytics, user experience, and how social media and paid ads layer into all of this. My guest today is Desiree Davis from Scorpion Healthcare. Plus, Desiree is going to tell us what her favorite party song is. You will never guess what it is in a million years. That's coming up on Marketing Mouse starting right now. Work, 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 work. It's a rule around here. Work hard, play hard. I have eight different bosses right now. A big pardon? Eight bosses. Eight? Eight, Bob. What do I work late? You work late. But I made the appointment two months ago. I care. Fresh off the lips of health marketing experts, this is Marketing Mouse. Get and it. now, here's Bill Klaproff. Taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living. So true. Welcome to the Marketing Miles podcast, episode number 13, the podcast for healthcare marketers designed to provide insights and information to help you stay on top of your game. With me today, Desiree Davis, Senior Marketing Account Manager at Scorpion Healthcare. Desiree is an expert in digital marketing, lead generation, and conversion tracking. She has helped hundreds of healthcare clients take charge of their web presence, as well as develop, implement, and track their digital marketing strategies. And today we're going to talk about SEO strategy, organic rank, Google Analytics, and more. Desiree, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Bill. I'm super excited to be here. Well, we are super excited to have you. So let's dig into this, Desiree, this big bad world of Google and SEO. Why is SEO an important part of a digital marketing strategy? Yeah, so SEO is, is super important. I think everyone knows that, you know, Having a presence online is important. I don't think that maybe everyone realizes just how important. Um, Google a few years ago said 60 to 70 percent of people online start their their healthcare journey online with a search through search engines. So when you think about you know ways to engage your local patient population, being on Google is like hitting all the masses at once. So Without that strategy, you know, you're really kind of left behind the eight ball. Your competitors are, you know, far ahead of you. So having that presence on Google, having that nice, organic, natural listing, you know, as your foundation almost allows you then to be more nimble with your marketing strategy and, you know, all those other layers that you add to it, like paid search and display and social media and content marketing. So without that, that, SEO foundation, you know, you're, you're left kind of um, scrambling, you know, trying to fill in the gap. So we always, you know, that's the first thing we talk about when we, we start working with our clients is, you know, okay, you have your website, now what is your SEO strategy and how do we help you grow that? So that's a great way to look at it. You have to have that strong foundation first to build on. And I really like that stat, 60 to 70% of people start their search with Google. That's why it's important to have a thought-out strategy. So Desiree, you're responsible for managing the relationships and digital marketing strategies of some of Scorpion's biggest clients. When you help lay out an SEO strategy, when you start building that foundation for a client, what does that normally include? Yeah, that's, that's a great question because it's, it's pretty layered. So the first thing we talk about is the goal. Um, does it make a whole lot of sense for your cafeteria hours to be the thing that ranks on the first page of Google. 
you know, you, you want those resources to be found. You want your patients being able to connect with the right departments for the best procedures. So um, the first thing we talk about are the goals. How, you know, where do we need patients, you know, funneling into your website? And then from there, we look at, well, which levers of SEO are going to be the ones that we need to pull? Um, while SEO is just kind of one term, search engine optimization, there's so many chunks to it. And um, is it, you know, really focusing on maps and location listings, or is it focusing on the content and the refreshing of the content? So goals is, is the first thing we talk about because it really then sets the tone for everything else we do. All right, cool. So let's stay with goals then. What goals are people generally looking for when they come to you? Ranking for keywords or phrases, more unique users, better reach, optimizing a service line campaign, all of the above. So what do you normally hear? Yeah, that's a great question because it, it actually will vary depending on who you're talking to within the organization. You know, if you're talking to the medical directors or the hospital administration, you know, they, they're going to perceive success as if their keywords are ranking on that first page. And that, and that makes perfect sense. But I think as, you know, hospital marketers look at it, we realize it's a lot more complex than just that. So when we work with, um, the marketing departments, I think they re- recognize that better reach and optimizing the, the service line sections of their hospital's website, that's really what's going to drive the goal of getting more patients into providers and facilities and, and their, their locations, either the main campus or outpatient clinics. So we, we try to help them, I think, achieve both goals um, and put together a strategy to do both. And, and that's really important because as a, as a hospital marketer, your internal clients are just as important as your you know, external patients. So having that perception of success, having those keywords rank organically is great, but making sure that that translates into, you know, visits to the website and unique visits um, and time on site, some of those really core key metrics. And that's really where the reach and, and the optimizing of the campaign comes in. Yeah, those core metrics are very important, really good information. And I like how you also mentioned this can play a role internally as well. So as you're talking, I'm thinking you've seen hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of websites. What do you think is the biggest mistake most people make when it comes to website optimization and SEO? Yeah, so, and, and you know, not everybody gets it right out of the gate. And sometimes you make a mistake and you can learn from it and move on. And that happens. SEO is always changing, but that the biggest mistake, the one that's the, the hardest to overcome is using like a set it and forget it approach. SEO changes frequently. Google usually has a couple algorithm updates every few years and then even minor changes every you know couple times a year. So if you're not staying on top of that or if you, you know, hey, I, I did my you know, SEO, when I set my website up, I should be good, right? Or I rank for this keyword, I'm good, right? No, I think, you know, having a strategy that that you're always looking at it, always adjusting, always seeing, you know, what are the new trends in patient behavior online and, and adjusting your strategy to that. You know, if you if you aren't looking at it frequently enough, that that's your biggest mistake because you know, you're always going to have to redo things, like rehaul your entire website every couple of years. And 
that's a huge investment and 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 it's you know a waste of time when you could just stay on top of it as you go and always kind of be ahead of your competitors and and ahead of the pack and that's what we want we want to stay ahead of the pack Desiree so let's turn to organic ranking when it comes to ranking better organically what are the most important things we should always remember to do yeah so it it's really simple truly you know one, having an ongoing strategy, so making sure that you're doing your health and wellness checks, just like you would recommend a patient do. You know, are you doing your health and wellness checks? Are you checking your internal links? Are you looking at the pages that get the most traffic and do those rank? You know, if that's what when people are coming into your website and that's what they're asking to see. Are, are those the things that are ranking well? Checking your name, address, and place on your website. Does that match your digital footprint? on Google and other search engines. You know, nothing's worse than finding out that you had a wrong address on a hospital clinic and it's been that way for like three years since the clinic moved. You know, those are those are little things that you can be doing constantly that make a really big impact. And then in your bigger strategies like refreshing your content, new content, I think that's a great way to stay in front of, you know, healthcare it does change over time. And if you've got pages with content that was written four or five, six years ago, maybe the the meat of the content or the, the, you know, tone of the content hasn't changed, but you never know something else could have. So going in and refreshing and updating that and then adding blogs or using, you know, social media to help publish that message, get it out in front of your patient population so that they can see it and engage with it. Those are some of the things that, you know, it, it can be daunting when you have a really big website, but if you're always on top of it and you're always working on it, the little stages here and there, I think it's really manageable and it, it does provide such an impact to your organization. Well, that makes a lot of sense and really good suggestions, Desiree. Number one, make sure you know it's ranking on your website. Number two, pay attention to the NAP, name, address, place, as you put it. Make sure it's consistent and correct across all platforms. And number three, pay attention to that fresh content. So having done all of that, how does social media, paid Google ads, and other digital advertising play into all of this? Oh, that's that's such a huge component. And that's what I get so excited when we talk about that because it really it, it is a marketer's dream to be able to then think about all of your patient personas and how maybe they're different patient to patient and how you can get them engaged, how you can get the, you know, your services and, and you can help them maybe before they even realize they need it. Um, you know, certainly when someone does fall sick or has a family member who needs medical attention, they'll go to Google and they'll ask, hey, What's the, you know, nearest medical clinic near me or ER near me? They, you know, those, those are great popular keywords, but those health and wellness tips that every doctor knows and every provider knows that could keep them healthy and, and out of the facilities or maybe coming in for screening so that before um, a disease condition gets too far, those are great value adds to the community. It's a way that you, you guys can be in your, your hospital can be in front of these people and using social media. I think the last that Facebook published was that people are on social media about four or eight hours a week. That's almost a second full-time job. And they're usually there reading 
tips and, and blogs from other companies. And so if you can, you know, get your message out there about your, um, you know, cardiology screening and letting them know that, hey, here's a great way in a health fair clinic that, that we have that lets the community come have a fun event day and, and get in front of, get in touch and get to meet your providers and get their screenings in. You know, it's, um, it's not intrusive. It's not scary. It's in a platform that they're using every day. And it, it frankly is a lot less expensive than if you're having to rely on large, you know, traditional TV, radio, or other marketing campaigns, social media and blogs and things like that. It's all content you can craft and create and, and really control the message. And it's, um, it, it's in places where your patients are already spending their time. You know, paid search ads are a great way to, again, broaden your reach. You know, SEO is, is great. It's the foundation, but you can only rank. Your website content can really only rank for a handful of keywords per service line. And when there are hundreds, if not thousands of ways that patients search for, you know, cardiology, you know, how do you, what, what is your strategy there? Well, paid search lets you kind of build that massive keyword list and be really nimble on do you really just want to target screenings or do you want to, um, you know, reach out and help people who are looking for more advanced cardiovascular procedures. So those, those other layers to digital media just give you so many other tools in your um, kind of toolkit and let you decide, is it my reach? And do I need to do that, you know, on a personal level with, with content? Or do I get, you know, really need to help people in, in a specific area of my department and kind of get them when they're asking for it through a paid search ad? So well said. I like that phrase too. Value adds to the community. Reaching the consumer with health and wellness information before they need a trip to the hospital. And as you know, social media reach is so important for that. And fish where the fish are. If you want to reach people, guess where the people are? They're on social media and they're on Google, as you said earlier. 60 to 70% of people start their health-related search on Google. So be ready to capture them with a Google Ads campaign. So we've been talking strategy and tactics, but I don't want to lose sight of building a positive brand impression through all of these access points. Desiree, how important is user experience in all of this? Yeah, user experience is uh, probably the biggest variable that we have to adjust to. Um, there's, there's the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. We can, as marketers, do everything that we know is best practices. But when we're talking about, you know, working with people, they're, they're going to use these tools the way that makes the most sense for them. Um, you know, they're going to use, they're going to type what they want to type in a Google search engine to find you. And then when they come to your website, they're going to navigate to the sections or the content that, that in, speak to them the most. So, if you're not reviewing um, that data and making changes to adjust to it, and you're kind of forcing people to play play it your way, I think there's a, there's going to always be a disconnect in your marketing, and you're never going to see it, you know, really performing as as well as it should or as well as you know it could. 
So doing things like looking at the search phrases on your Google search campaign, you know, and seeing what are they asking for. It, it might not make sense to use those as good um, PPC keywords, but it might make that, you know, it might translate into good themes for blogs or for social posts. If people are asking, you know, what are the top symptoms of diabetes? Uh, you know, that, that would be a great blog post. So sometimes it's great. You can use one tool, you know, to really help you kind of figure out that user experience and apply it elsewhere. Um, same thing with, with your site, looking at what pages are the, the top pages people are navigating to. How are they coming into your site? Maybe they aren't always entrancing on the home page. So if your top pages are the service line pages or the health and wellness pages, you know, do those have kind of top placement? in your top nav or are you, you know, um, should they, and then kind of, can you, do you need to make some moves that moves there? Same thing with the footer, you know, are those the best links to get people to the right spots in your website? It, it's not just patients who use your website, but also your internal stakeholders, your employees, your board members, your administration, your medical directors, your physicians. So having resources that they can easily find to share with, with their patients, you know, that's a great place in the footers. But if you don't really know what kind of what's going on down there and you're, you're not optimizing for the real user experience, again, people won't use it. They just, it's all about convenience. So if it's not user friendly and it's not kind of taking into account what works for them, you know, you, you'll see high bounce rates on your site, low time on site, low pages per view. And that's a real strong indicator that maybe you and the user experience aren't lined up. Really good points, and you were just mentioning time on site and page views. So let's shift to Google Analytics, and it is really a great tool, but there's a lot of moving parts. What should we pay attention to, even on a basic level, to better understand our websites? Yeah, Google Analytics is a fun tool, and and it is really deep and rich with content. Um, so you know, at the basic basic. You can look at total users and unique users and understanding year over year, are you reaching as much or a new audience as you can? But then really, I think time on site and page per views, I really like those metrics because I think they tell you a little bit more about what people are asking, you know, kind of what people need from you as their healthcare provider. Are they reading a lot of pages when they come to your site? Are they spending quality time with you? Basically, do you have them engaged? And, and are you, are they spending enough time on your website to really understand how you can benefit them? Um, and, and looking to see, you know, pages that maybe they're exiting on. That's a, that's a great stat in the content section of Google Analytics. You know, not just what pages do they come in on, but, Ultimately, where do they get to before they leave your site? Because those are the pages where if you, you were to spend a little bit of time and maybe tweaking the calls to action or tweaking the content, maybe you can get them to another page, ultimately to a contact page or a find a provider page or something where they can take the next step in that, that patient journey and taking that conversation online, offline and getting into one of your facilities or within one of your providers. And how often should we look at analytics? What do you recommend for that? Yeah, it's good to look at your data um, every month. 
and you can look at it more frequently, but sometimes looking at it too often, you miss the bigger trend. You know, data is going to fluctuate week to week. It's, it's just, you know, one week it's cold, the next week it's hot. People are going to, you know, be outside and maybe a little less engaged. So looking at your data about once a month, maybe comparing it to a previous, you know, the same time period over the last year is, is sometimes helpful because you can see, you know, kind of start to identify those trends. And then on a quarterly basis, doing a real deep dive, looking at the behavior flows, looking at your on-site personas, seeing like the demographics and making those adjustments on those. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest takeaway there is having enough data to really make a, a put together a good strategy for improvement. Um, you know, looking at 30, 60, 90 days, sometimes even six months. Um, and then recording what you do. So knowing, okay, if this quarter I made these changes and then you can compare one quarter over the next to see if your changes improve things. And a lot of times this is a lot easier with like a paid search campaign where you have levers and things like that you, that you can judge, but you can also do it with your Google Analytics and just kind of your site improvement as a whole. Um, but then, you know, being able to do that A-B testing allows you to go back if maybe the changes you made didn't result in better time on site or more pages per view. And it's really simple. You can just kind of go back to the, the structure you had before and look for another way to maybe enhance that experience. Mm-hmm. Well, Desiree, you've dropped a lot of knowledge on us, and we appreciate that. One last question before we get to the hottest podcast game show going, the marketing mouse wheel of questions. If you had one last tip to share to help improve our Google presence, what would that be? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing for me and the one thing I always counsel people on is that nap, name, address, and place. Um, healthcare websites are huge and, and sometimes even massive. And making sure that the information on your website is correct and on other platforms is correct is so critical to the patient experience. Nothing is, is worse than when they call a phone number and they don't get to the right person or to get the help that they need. So that is, that's my biggest tip. I think it's the one that, that for a little bit of work provides a lot of, of return. All right. So there you go. Make sure that nap is correct on your website and across all of your platforms. Great job, Desiree. Thank you for your time. But we're not done with you yet because now it's time for the Marketing Mouths Wheel of Questions. It's the game show marketers prefer two to one over the competition. All right. Let's get into this, Desiree. Step up to the wheel. You get three spins. Go ahead and grab it and give it a good spin. Thanks, Bill. Here we go. All right. Good spin. Good spin. All right. Coming to a stop. Coming to a stop. And there it is. <laughs> All right, Desiree. When you need a lift or a pick-me-up, are you ready to celebrate? You want a party. What is your go-to song? Oh, that's a good question. We are always listening to music here in the office because it, it definitely is a mood booster. And funny enough, um, I, I get a lot of jokes about this one, but the Trolls soundtrack <laughs> from a few years ago. The what? The, um, the, the, the Troll soundtrack? The Trolls. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's my daughter's favorite movie. We listen <laughs> to it in the car and it is just some happy 
fun music that mm-hmm. uh, well, that will pump like, you up. We, you know, we, good day, bad day, doesn't matter. It will make you better. Well, we like happy. Uh, we like happy music. We like music that pumps you up. So I guess we're gonna have to check that out. The Troll soundtrack. All right, Desiree, step up once again. Spin number two. Give it a whirl. All right, Bill. Here we go. All right, good spin, Desiree. Coming to a stop and and an abrupt stop at that. Here we go. You have to wear a T-shirt with one word on it for one year, Desiree. Which word do you choose? <laughs> oh, I'm, I probably can't go with the one that comes to mind, but Uh-oh. I think we would. Um, I would probably wear one that yeah. says. Um, Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is a tough one. <laughs> you know, laugh. I think that that's something I do every day of my life. If I'm not doing it, there's something wrong. And I think you know, when people laugh, you you get the most out of them. So we'll go with laugh. I like that a lot, and we do need that every day. Okay, one last spin, Desiree. Step up and give it a go. Big spin. Here we go, Bill. All right, big money, big money. <laughs> Come on. Oh, and here it is. All right, what is your favorite thing to do in the summer? Oh, I I love the summer, and I love to travel. So um, I try and find the best vacations. So love kind of being immersed in, in history and, and knowledge, and arts and culture. So um that along with a really good beach and a really mm. good cocktail is oh. about the best way oh, I could yeah. spend my summer. I like that. You're talking my language now. A little beach, a little cocktail, shirt that says laugh, troll soundtrack playing lightly in the background. That's what I'm talking about. That's a day on the beach. Yeah, it is. <laughs> now, <laughs> the 30 second clip highlight reel of my life right there. Oh, that is so good. Well, Desiree. Thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed talking with you. If someone wants to work with Scorpion, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, that's a great question. So we um, obviously love working with people. We are, you can go to our website, scorpion.co. In there, um, it says who we help. You can go to the healthcare section. You can see a lot about the current clients we work with and some of the great things we've done for them. You can check out our social media. I think, you know, the things we put on LinkedIn and Facebook and, and Instagram as well. Those are always fun. It tells you a lot about the, who we are and how we like to, you know, help our clients. And there's a few, a few contact points. I'm sure there's a you know form, phone numbers, but yeah, reach out and, and let us know how we can help you. Well, that sounds great. And we love Scorpion. We will put all of that information up on the show notes page at marketingmouths.com. Desiree, Thanks again. Thanks, Bill. It was a pleasure. Love talking to Desiree. All right, the Troll soundtrack. Go and pick that up. This is the Marketing Mouse Podcast. And if you like the Troll soundtrack, email me and let me know. (laughs) It's brought to you by Dr. Podcasting. Reach new consumers through informative podcasts featuring your doctors and healthcare staff. Learn more at drpodcasting.com. I'm Bill Klaproth. Email me, bill at drpodcasting.com with guest and topic suggestions. You can also hook up with me on all the socials. And I'll leave you with one of my favorite marketing quotes from Larry Weber. 
people don't want to be sold. What people do want is news and information about the things they care about. Thanks again for listening. See you.